We are live. Welcome back to the Bro Show, episode number 60. Scobo's not here at this moment. He just stepped out, but he will be back. We were just talking about Spartan's kombucha choice for the show today and uh, all of that in the pre-show. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, panelists, chat, of course. Let's go around the horn real quick, and then we'll get into it. Thank man Dan. Thank you, man. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dank Man Dan. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me Thursday mornings at Wake and Bake with the Groskies and these fine folks here. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Look forward to today's topics. Thank you, Dan. Red Cedar Farm. What's going on, everybody? Red Cedar Farm. You can find me on Instagram at Red Cedar Farm and here in the Michigan Bros Grow Show every Sunday night. Yeah, so also Monday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern with Scobo on the late sesh. Uh, come back on the Frugal Forest uh, since Abolish isn't here. I guess I'll shout that out. Frugal Forest, October 3rd, and find us then. Uh, we started recording, so underway. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for being here, Red. Mr. Spartan Grown. What's up, everybody? Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram. It's the best place. All one word, Spartan Grown. And um, thank you to Fredo. Just became a broski. Yeah, we appreciate that very much. And I wanted to shout out Dink and Dan. I don't know. Is this the first time you've had that backdrop or is it? it, is. You know? it that is. looks fucking nice, dude. I like that. Thank you. He's running into his fall fade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I see that. It's a fucking perfect timing, dude. Perfect timing. Right on, man. It was, you it can was find me at your wife's idea. So thank her. Oh, that's cool. I like it. She's cool. Uh, but yeah, find me right here on the Michigan Bros Grow Show, too, on YouTube. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being here, as always. Yeah, that's always the best part of this part of the season, right? It's the, the fall fade and all the plants and what we're doing now. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Scobo, you're last. Welcome back. Welcome to the Bro Show Live. <laughs> I'm Scobo One. The panel's all assembled. Episode 60. Episode 60. Glad to be here, man. I see a lot of familiar names out there. Um, all I did was trim all weekend, so I don't really have much input about even anything in the real world. I haven't even showered yet. So, uh, you guys do anything productive? Uh, I did shower today. You're ahead of me. I trimmed. I took care of some plants today. And my outdoors, surprisingly, looking very nice, uh, believe it or not, even though we've had some very, very cold temperatures down here in lower Michigan. What you got, Spartan? Shout it out, man. Is that some sour MCC garlic cookies? cookies. Uh, that was for my buddy Skillbo over there. I got some yeah, sour man. garlic cookie. Ooh. Ooh. That's good stuff right there. Show it off on the camera. Yeah. Cold nights here in Michigan. Cold nights here in Michigan, for sure. Very cold. So we got our first question in the chat. It says, my butt has been drying for a week. Do I cure it with Bovida packs or without? Ooh, that's a tricky one because that people are very, very sensitive about that topic. Seems like the cannabis community prefers the Integra packs over Bovida packs if you're interested in doing the pack thing. Um, I would say that if you have bud drying, just get little pint jars and do a test both ways and see what you like better. Um, if you're asking this question, you can you can tell yourself after about a couple of weeks and then your next harvest, you'll know what you want to do. That's one right there. That's yep. the one I got from you. That's a crescendo jar. Yeah, I like I like the Integra Boost Packs, 62%. That's what I put in my jars. Just want to say to make, uh, to understand that you are still responsible for checking your buds and burping them. Don't think that if you put one of those packs in, in your jar that you're good to go. I've seen multiple people, myself included early on, 
just mold out bud by not burping it and thinking that they just take care of it. Not always the case. That only works if it's well dry already and you're truly in the just securing stage. Well, and it's Um, the size of the jar too. If you have a gigantic jar like one of these bad dogs, you know, lay it on its side like this and then put your pack in so that there's more surface area of the bud and it's not working so hard. Whereas if you have it on the bottom or the very top of it, you're only going to be doing a certain portion of it, right? Yeah, so I like to put the pack sideways too, um, just so that mostly so air can get to them. I try not to fill them fill them quite so full, but like the the jar you showed, where the pack is like the whole side of the jar. Yeah, it just gives it a ones. really good uh, really good surface area there. Yeah, and I don't slam my jars full either, like you said. Right, exactly. Plenty of room. I try to leave the jars quart jars about half empty, and uh, I even store them on their sides to keep them. A lot of air movement in there or air room i guess then that's not actually moving of course and me myself personally i'll actually leave the lids cracked the first day i won't even i'll put them in the jars i won't even seal the lids just leave them cracks so or air can get in there my first harvest man i remember harvesting and putting bud that was too wet in jars and trying to do the whole burp technique bullshit, molding entire jars of completely finished flour that you spent four months on by complete like go to work because you have a real job, you know, day job, and then you come home after work eight hours later and it's molded because you couldn't burp it three times and, you know, whatever. The, you know, Yeah, try to avoid all that. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been through all of those things, and that's why I don't fucking put shit in jars until it's done. I, I agree. When it's ready to fucking be sold, then it goes in jars. Yeah, it sounds like a huge hassle um, to figure out how to get a drying space or whatever, but it's really worth it. Really worth it. Uh, he says, it feels like the bud is dry, but when I go to grind it and vape it, you can tell it's still wet. So it is dry on the outside, but it's wet on the inside. It hasn't done that balancing yet. So it'll normalize once you put it in jars, or if you let it dry long enough, it'll normalize inside to outside. And starting the air the air quality, like the relative humidity and just the ambient air is starting to really go down. Uh, let's see, I walked into my drying room today. Speaking of, I had to pull the last bit. Um, the last bit home and what i noticed was my humidity in my drying room is 35 percent. so it's starting to get that time of year it's already getting there uh these cold temperatures at night are just knocking the humidity down and i mean it's a warm room so you know relative to the temperature in the air of that room where it's like 75 degrees you know it might be humid outside but not inside godspeed in the chat shout out to him for this hat i was uh talking to tara when she was helping us trim and I was showing her how dry the plants were when they were hanging in the dry tent. I was like, this is probably a lot drier than you would think that they would be based on like how I was when I would beginner was growing. And uh, he's talking about how it's about a stem snap, not a branch snap, which is a big deal because you can pull them a little bit early and end up having too dry a bud when you start sticking them in jars. They start getting down to 55 too and you start losing a lot of the nose. And I, At least I think you do. It's like it's over dried. And then once it goes to that point, it's very hard to bring it back into the stickiness of it. I bet at 55, you would be okay. But what people do is accidentally stick it in like 30% humidity for a whole day in like winter time and just toast it. And then you can't get it back from there. So what I've done, I've tried to make it so that I'm not guessing like all these things that you're saying that I'm not saying they're not correct are the same, same techniques I've used over in the past, but they're none, none of them are really precise, really. You know what I mean? Right. All, like, yeah, snapping stems and stuff. Yeah, they're all judgment calls. 
So what I've tried to do is try to make it in my situation, just out of experimenting at different ones, um, as much number generated as possible so that, you know, I made my space, for example, I just, what I've done to just really make it super easy and, and like the cliff notes of it, we know what temperature and humidity to store it at for the best, you know, results. I just set it to that. Exactly. Okay. So that's, that's the ultimate storage temperatures and humidities of it. Just set it to that. And I, I store my weed in the same room that is my dry cure room. Now, the only thing where I like diverge from what I just said is at the very beginning, when I'm first putting the plants in, because it's a smaller space, I strip all of the big families off, but I still do whole plant hang. And for the first little bit, for like the first two, three days, depending on how fast I can get the humidity down. But I try to bring the humidity down pretty low for the first couple of days, like 50, 55, 55. I like to be at 55 for the first two to three days. After that, I'll let it creep back up to 60 in the 60s. But um, that's actually what I did this with this harvest from the greenhouse with your advice um, or because of you saying that on the show. I don't know if this is advice specifically for me, but um, we crashed the humidity down just to prevent like bud rot from the greenhouse or whatever. It's like if there's any on the buds, we didn't want it to keep growing or anything like that. So we put it at 55 for a couple of days and we put the plants in there and then bumped it up to 60. There's another question. Yeah. Trinity Farm wants to know what uh, moisture percentage do you want when you send it in for testing? My last was 12%. And I thought you said that that, that was high for testing. Yeah, I'd like to be under 10% if I can. Eight is what you sometimes see, right? Well, yeah. I, for me, I think the sweet, this, this is this is me, like personally, like smoking. I like it to be around 10%. And this is for me getting my own stuff tested. And, you know, I have the crop at home, so I get to go home and smoke it. And just by tracking those moisture numbers, because pro tip, moisture numbers is a way to um, artificially inflate your cannabinoid numbers because everything goes by weight. So if you get the moisture number really far down, really dry, which is not quality, you're losing quality at that point, in my opinion. But you're reducing the weight of your product, so your cannabinoids way heavier, and they're going to be a higher percentage. So I always look, the first thing I look at is moisture percentage, because if I'll notice that if they're like at a 5% or lower, that that's typically inflated numbers in my eyes. But I think 10%, right around 10%, just for me trying at different percentage ranges, the best smoke in my eyes is 10% is what I'd like to be at. It seems like a lot of times when you get the darker ash, it's just because the bud has more moisture in it than it should have. And I was talking about that today. Uh, Dro asked how we would know the moisture content. The lab actually tells you on the test. So like I went and got the OKC done um, and the moisture came back at 14%, which tells me that if I dried it longer, my numbers would have looked better, like Spartan was saying. Yeah, and that's another thing. I use 10% as like the, the middle ground. So like like what you just said, if it, if it comes in at 14%, I know, okay, my numbers are going to look lower than what they really are. And you'll know that. You're like, okay, I'm going to dry that next week. This is going to be, you know, more potent. Yeah, I know that if I took it a little bit longer, I'm sure it would have been uh, more of the numbers that I was hoping for, for sure. Or what I was expecting, I guess. I really advocate for the testing. I'm going to go down and take um, Citra Blue and Anvil down next week, I think, or this week, I guess, and get tested. Where's that located at? That's PSI in Ann Arbor is where I take my stuff to get tested. 
I have a few different results. If you want to see what they look like, they're on my highlights on my Instagram page, sequence underscore MI. They're, uh, they're in there. You can see what the test results look like for the cannabinoid report and the terpene one. Let's it is $85, two. big huff. Yeah, we're going to take the hemp down and get that tested this year, too, just to see uh, what it pulled, if any, of CBD. Have you thought about how you're going to do that? Like, where are you going to dry that? Are you going to break it up? Um, we're it? actually drying it whole plant right now, whole plant. Did you strip the fans off of it, or are you just going to? Nope. We left the fans on, left it all whole. And you have fans or circulation going or anything? Yeah, it's it's kind of on our back porch, so it's in a, well. It's hanging out. Yeah, it's screwed to the rafters, man. I would strip every big fan off. I would stress to take those fans off if I were you. Okay. Well, if you're outside, you might be okay because it's ventilated outside. You're not going to have a lot of moisture hanging there, maybe. I don't know. They just kind of trap moisture around your butt. They kind of fold around your buds. Yeah, and they are right now. <coughs> Thanks for the tip. Yeah, no problem. Oddspeed was asking as a continuation of the uh, the drying. Um, he was talking about burping the room. said that if he evacuates the air in the room every couple hours at the beginning, helps remove that horrible chlorophyll off-gassing smell. I think that's a pretty good idea. Oh, and um, your... Get that ammonia smell out of there. Not just that, you're also bringing in drier air in that early parts. You know what I mean? Well, ostensibly, it should be drier than if you have like a very small space full of uh, a lot of plants. Well, it's worth bringing up the um, the environment, especially when you're burping jars, is super important. You can a lot of times think you're burping jars to make them more dry when the environment is actually more humid than the inside of the jar and cause problems for yourself as well. And a lot of people don't even think about that aspect. I always know the humidity of your room that you're trying to cure in, the environment that you're trying to cure in. And that's why it's another advantage. That we're in, uh, one of the reasons why I store my jars in my, in my dry cure spot, because I already know that that environment, that when I open that jar, what's going to rush in there is the, you know, what I want it to be. It's already been conditioned to those, those parameters or whatever. Makes sense. It's just it's just so much easier to condition a room just like you are a grow room by building a small dry room. And then you can whole plant hang and you can do those things and you don't have to burp jars. It's just I'm telling you, it doesn't take a lot of space and it's so worth it. If, if, they're, yeah. if you're looking for a project that's going to maybe cost a little bit of money, but uh, it's a great project, I think. I mean, I'm, I, I love agree. It. That's where I was starting with like by saying. Um, it might not seem worth it at the beginning, especially as a new grower. It was never worth it for me. Like I would harvest and try to stick my buds in a cardboard box or a paper bag or a, whatever the fuck tech of the day it was to try to try to try to dry and ruin your bud. I did hey, it. Drag this yarn yeah. across this box. And yeah. Cut you your know? buds into 10 inch sticks. But it really, you don't nail it until you really can dial it in. And I, you can't do that without a really controlled environment, just like your grow room. You will need almost all the same equipment smaller but you need a fan in there to keep the air kicking around towards the bottom you need a dehumidifier or an ac or whatever you can get it all working i went from microwave know, on 15 seconds on high dude sparks and all 
uh, I went from being the rookie grower in the very beginning to brushing to jars, you know, you're talking about paper bags and shit. And then I went to the other side of things where I was actually what I would consider overly drying things so that, you know, when I was taking things off, get to the point where you're snapping branches rather than. Well, it's better to over dry it than it is to mold it at least. Right. Well, that was the thing. It's not as good, but. Right. And that was it is I just needed it for medicine. So I was like, well, I'll work on this, you know, when I can get this environment that I'm drying in, you know, but in the meantime, I'm just going to, you know, err on the side of caution and overdry. It doesn't seem worth it, right? Financially, when you're looking at like, oh, you want to get a tent and this equipment and stuff, and you're only going to use it for like two weeks at a time but um it makes all the other 10 weeks or 12 yeah. weeks or 14 weeks all like all the work you spend all the money you spend on your lights and electricity and nutrients and stuff to like optimize your quality the biggest leap you could have in quality is improving your cure game for sure and at the same time most if you don't have a place to dry your product a lot of people tend to use their their grow so their their flower room well now you by having a place to do that somewhere else, you can put flowers right in. As soon as you take out, you can put flowers right back in and you've got flowers that much sooner, right? two weeks or whatever it is that you're hanging. I think it was Dro in the chat that was getting another tent so that he wasn't hanging in the tent anymore to cycle faster. That's a great idea too. And like, even if you have all that extra equipment, it's worth the, uh, the startup cost because it's going to pay for itself but when you're not using it in between cycles you shut it all down and you're not running the electricity and all that stuff you know it's not like it always has to be running it only runs while you're using it yeah definitely i like what condo grower saying is is i have a dedicated two by two tent for drying then i put the branches into a five gallon pail with airtight lids and burp them until i get the trimming done i can adjust the humidity accordingly it's not a bad idea well, you know, when you're just a one-man band, you know what I mean, like that, you aren't going to be able to go at it hammer and tongs like that sometimes. Sometimes work gets in the way or regular life, and, you know, by being able to store them in a bucket like that, it's it's good. I don't trim my whole load ever. I, was like, I use my room for that. They just hang there for fucking sometimes three weeks whenever I get to trim it. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my stuff stays cured in a tote with the sugar leaves on it and the stems on it and manageable size pieces i could probably grab a handful or a tote and show you if i want uh go grab it but uh it just sits in that and you know when it's ready to be trimmed and ready to go off to a patient i trim it and by trimming it fresh like that it reopens up the the flavonoids you know throw some buds freshly trim some buds and throw them in a jar and uh and let them sit for just a couple of days or freshly trim some buds and throw them in a jar and smell both jars you know the one that's been sitting there for three days and then the one you just freshly trimmed and you know it's it, at the end of the day it's kind of i mean at least at, at the caregiver level at least our patients are still able to like smell the jars and things like that so if we have something freshly trimmed i mean it could be a big a big sell point you know depending on what the other stuff smells like says you can just always throw them right in the freezer off the stem and process some awesome water hash rods I like EWC grow dudes said to harvest directly into your open oven and enjoy your bud in 20 minutes or less. I for a saute pan. I'm sure yeah. they were kidding, but don't always believe what you read in chat. I was going to say, yeah, that'd be a hard pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're strictly a microwave guy, right? I've, I've yeah, strictly microwave on high 15. I moved from 12 to 15 seconds. 
Uh, really, where I get nice white ash now, just Instead like your cigarettes, and it's inside the microwave. Right. Yeah, inside the microwave, not on the top. Right Stoned already, fellas. I know. We're out of drying and uh, curing questions. We need some more questions in our chat. Forge auto flowers out of the greenhouse. So oh, there we go. I got it to focus. So are you happy with the yields of your auto flowers? We haven't talked about yielding on the auto flowers. Uh, yeah. I mean, we figure between two and three ounces per plant um, on average, which is about what we expected. Um, so yeah, very happy. If we could do a run of like 72 outdoors in this winter, like we're hoping to do, that would it would yield enough to make it worth our time, which is what we were trying to figure out. Would you do the same thing and get just a, you know, an even number of each one or was there standouts that you'd probably just get more of like a certain strain over another? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, now that we've trimmed them all, there's been like uh, a certain trait train strain. Damn. Maybe we are high. There was a certain strain that was uh, much harder to trim than the rest. It just also happened to be the one that like we seem to grow the most of. So that was, that's Anvil. always the case too. Um, no, not the anvil. Um, but then there was other ones. And then, so yeah, some will probably run again and some we won't. I've already talked with Mandalorian about buying up more of the seeds. So definitely not disappointed with them at all. I'm also going to run um, the Ethos multi-pass autoflowers. We're getting ready to get for free um, this month. So if anyone has any they don't want, me in my dms um yeah it'd be interesting to see how those run alongside the other ones so we're going to do that i like your idea of running the auto flowers as a harvest at the end because uh for one they'll finish faster and for two they're going to be more cold hardy i would think just with the ruderalis genetics oh yeah i mean ruderalis came from siberia so i would hope it would be more cold hardy i'm gonna expect them to be smaller than they were in the summer less light of course but um We'll see what they do. They'll finish. I'm I'm down for science to run them. So, how Let's did the uh, Bobby's video trim up to be? Trimmed up really good. That was probably the most photo-like of all of the plants. Uh, the bud structure was very very dense and frosty. Probably like imitated photo period buds the best. Um, they were just so all. fucking small. And they taste like pepper, and they yeah, smell like man. pepper. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Like black pepper buds. In the Bobby's oh, Sounds good. I grew a black domino like that before. I want to say that's beta caryophyllene or caryophyllene. Yeah. Yep. Know. And yeah. that's that's probably from the widow, from the uh, widow genetics. The white widow. Cool. Anti-inflammatory. I really enjoyed the autoflowers, though. I would run them again for sure. I would say that the autos were less dense on average, but I haven't ran enough to say so far. So uh, this run, yes. And then, yeah, Dro gave me Mephisto testers. Sorry, I forgot about those, Dro. I got them in my bag. We'll be running the Mephisto testers in this winter as well. So the yeah, I would like to run some of their genetics too. Sorry, Spartan. No, no, that's fine. Um, on those auto flowers, when you do the next ones, or what did you do with the soil? Did you leave them just the pots there and you're going to just plant right back into the same pots with the next round of autos? Or? I took the pots 
or the soil is outside in a big pile right now. We'll probably take it from there and repot it and stuff. But um, we didn't leave it in the greenhouse because I didn't want to leave. Um, there was some like it, like bud rot buds that we had thrown in there and stuff like that. And I didn't want to leave those in the greenhouse. So I pulled them all out. Did the plants seem like they ran out of gas as far as nutrition wise, or do they were totally fine? You think there's a lot of nutrition left in that soil? I think some did and I think some didn't. So I think it will need amended a little, um, but it was hard to tell. So they were all in seven gallon pots. Um, some of the plants yellowed, but I think it was due to the plants age, not due to the soils nutrition. Does that make sense? Because yes, when I was investigating the root balls, the roots didn't, you know, take up the whole pot necessarily. It seemed like they took up like 60% maybe. So I know they didn't use all the nutrients in there. So there's definitely the senescence quite a bit. So and when did you mean, discontinue the uh, recharge at what week? The auto is quite a while ago, but um, the photos like three weeks ago, maybe. Paul asked which soil we used. We used ocean forest. We popped the autos in ocean forest. It was not too hot to pop or germinate seeds. We put 60 autos in the ocean forest and 57 of them came up. So that's a common thing that people said about ocean forest was it'd be too hot to do that. So I did that test as well. We mixed the ocean forest, six bags of ocean forest to one, two cubic feet of perlite. So we added perlite to the ocean forest. That's probably relevant to the last thing I said. So what are you going to use to amend with? What are you going with there? Probably craft blend, like you keep uh, recommending to me. Um, I really respect your opinion as a grower, and especially an organic one. So um, that's what I'm going to look at first. But uh, maybe some faster acting stuff if that doesn't work well, like BioLive yeah. or something. I would, I would do a craft blend. Uh, you could add that into the pile and just mix it in by, you know, mix it all up in there if you want to do it that way. You know, uh, I would also do something with like a biological component, like a compost or a worm casting, and, sure. and, and then mix some of that in there, and then you would probably be good with just that. Which is awesome because Spartan has been talking to me the last two nights in a row on. Uh, Zoom calls, and he's been helping me try to increase my flavors and everything else in my bed. And if you guys have watched the show, um, you know that a while ago, he, Spartan, and uh, we were talking about how you have to do more than just reamend your leaves because you're pulling right. more than that out. Yeah, so. you have to consider that part. And I, I explained that to somebody too yesterday. I was like, you can't just reuse the soil because you're taking stuff out of the soil every time you harvest anything. Like if you're smoking a bud, that's nutrients that aren't in the soil anymore. So you got to consider that. The thing is, is that you don't need nearly as much as you think you do. We were talking right, about right. For like a four by four space. And he was saying, well, I would use a quarter cup of gypsum for this. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like grabbing a five pound bag of fucking flour and shaking it and then spreading it all over a four by four. That being said, you could go that route with it. I mean, you could go really heavy with it if you want to. I like the approach of just spoon feeding a little at a time and getting into like trying to establish a routine or an SOP per se, that something that you can repeat maybe every cycle. That way you don't forget to do that shit, you know, because if you went heavy with it, like when you build it, 
you went five cycles without having to do anything else. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it was too. So, I mean, if you went heavy like that again, you might be good for three, four cycles or, you know what I mean? But you're not going to remember all that bullshit. If you can get the right amount, that's a lot smaller amount. That's the key. I don't have a diminishing returns that way. Yeah. And you can keep it topped off all the time by doing that too. Yeah. So that's why I recommend to start off real small, like a quarter cup for a four by four. And then you just uh, sprinkle like top dress. Yeah. And then water over, you know, Yep. And then so I've, I've got those Netafim spikes. So that's all I'm going to do is I'll just yeah, take those, those things, things on and, and uh, let those rip and it'll water it. And in the basic, the basic um, thing to look at in, with top dress is just the size of the particles of the thing you're throwing down. You know, obviously the bigger it is, is the longer it's going to take to break down. So if it's a powder, assume that's going to go through, you know, and get broke down and be plant available way faster than something that's maybe pelletized or something right, that's a rock, right. you know. Then I know you didn't mention it, but uh, just for the viewers, I know that I've heard over and over that blood meal is really, really fast available. So be careful if you top dress with anything like that. Yep. Again, the nitrogen level, that's like 12. And just source your inputs, you know, no, 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 at least do a little bit and try to at least, you know, at least have like an organic tag on it or a natural input. Right. Joe says to use barley. You guys didn't even mention barley. Coot would be so disappointed. Oh, so barley is no. going to be used later at the t- as a top dress to uh, push enzymes and to help break stuff down and establish. It'll be fungus food too. So that would I wouldn't mix like into the soil so much as I would use as a top dress. Okay, like, after you get them planted. Yeah, after you get them back yeah. in the pots and you, you get the plants established, then I'd throw like a compost on the top and then barley on top of that to help drive that to break down exactly what I do. I make the flour out of the barley using a coffee grinder. And then I mix that in with either the uh, booze blend compost or the earthworm castings. And then I like to make sure that I have some kind of, um, you know, the plant material on top of it, because if you mix in too much of the barley, you can get like a crust on top of your soil and then it becomes harder to water things. So really mix it in there really well. Godspeed says pond cleaners, barley extract. Yeah, awesome yeah. enzymes. Yeah. Enzymes. It's on. Yep. And I like to throw that. Actually, I just did today. I, I like to sprinkle some. Whenever I do a top dress of barley, I, I'll do a top dress in my worm bin too. I, I, I like to give the worms some of that. And I did transplanting today. And I like to, when I transplant, I transplanted out of the easy swap one gals and I put them into my final sip containers. So when I do that, I fill up the soil level to about half, half the height of the root ball. And then I go to my worm bed and I just literally dig out scoops of the worm bed, worm bedding, worm castings and worms. They all come with the scoop. All I do is push the food out of the way and then I just take scoops out. And I just push it right along the outside edge of that root ball and just let it sit there as a top mulch or whatever it is layer for, it just keeps all that moisture and it keeps all that biology and everything right there by the root ball. And then I cover that all the rest of the way up with the soil. And so that's how I, how I did it today. Now there's a question in the chat from Shredder. He says, I suspect barley may be killing my clones just after transplant. Does this make any sense at all? So the barley syndicate, dude. So the barley mafia. <laughs> so I wouldn't even be using barley at that point. 
I don't understand. I wouldn't, I don't really use barley until, you know, I have full established plants so I can drive nutrition to my plants. If you're using barley early on, I guess you could like maybe burn your plants or, you know, put it in an environment of too rich of nutrition because it's breaking it all down and it doesn't really have a root mass to handle that. I'm not sure if that would kill the plant, but I'm sure it would struggle. It's possible. Maybe I'm not going to say no, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but that that's the only way just me sitting here thinking about it, that I could see where it would be an issue. Maybe, maybe it's just breaking everything down, making it all super plant available. So when the little root pops out, it's automatically hitting these, this plant available nutrition it might be too much. Dan, they say you're stuck in the couch up there. I am, man. You'd be careful about trying yeah, to do I'll too much with your little baby plants. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, nothing, man. I'm just listening to the awesome conversation. I'm just reiterating what Spartan was saying. And it's like uh, the biggest thing that I think that new growers run into is trying to do too much with their plants. Or, I mean, not to say that you're a new grower or whatever, but like overwatering, over nutrients, over everything. So um, that's true. Always take that stuff back. On, yeah, over gardening, the baby plants. Love them too much. And uh, yeah, it's, it can easily be done, you know, especially over watering. Don't be a helicopter gardener. <laughs> Kara Wilson, we're looking at you. Somebody else earlier said that they were able to buy barley at the local brewer store and they'll grind it for them. Uh, somebody can correct me, but I would, if you have the ability to grind it yourself fresh right before you use it, um, I've heard that explained is that's a better way to go than to have it pre-milled and then keep it in like a five gallon bucket for seven, eight months until you actually use it. But I'm not sure. Yeah. You're going to preserve more of the oils and, and uh, all that other happy enzymes. And uh, I think there's amino acids maybe even involved in there. Yeah. Which would deteriorate. Yeah. I'll, and all that shit. Yeah, anything with an ASE at the end, that's an enzyme. So, and then it's usually the, the beginning part of that is usually what it breaks down. So, for example, what breaks down chitin? Chitin ACE. And that's the enzyme. So, at least that makes sense, at least. But um, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. So, I don't know. I'm just grinding up some more weed. Pro move, dude. I'm smoking on that forge from the greenhouse. Shout out to Fresh Cut Mandalorian Genetics. Spartan for the assistance. The sprayer that I used so many times this year and everything else. That thing is cool. I thought it was way overkill. Now I need like now you know twice the size. Yeah, now you understand, man. Now you understand. I use that I use that in a home grow setting, so I just blast the shit out of my plants with that thing. Yeah, I don't doubt that. You can't not blast saves, the shit out of them. It saves so much uh money because it barely uses you know, I can cover the whole fucking little tiny grow I have and, and fucking use barely any water at all or yeah, barely, barely any solution at all. That makes a lot of sense. I have to mix two full tanks to do the greenhouse. Probably more likely about three now, but I haven't sprayed in quite a long time. Have you been, what have you been using, uh, or what were you spraying? Were you using plant uh, therapy, a little bit of Dr. Zymes beginning? Um, did you do the thing where they were saying to heat it up and stuff? Or did you just, no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. 
Seems and like then, a uh, yes. sprayed some BT for the caterpillars. Keep them babies at bay. I haven't seen any more caterpillar damage, so BT seemed to work. Um, as expected, we saw some caterpillar damage for a couple days, you know, as the they screen. go back up and have to eat the stuff. Yeah, and, but the uh, screen too. I mean, that's going to yeah. keep the malls out. Screen helped a ton. Yeah. That's going to make next year so much better because now you don't get to deal with that shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. I'll just put in an air curtain like they have at the store. Oh, there you just go. Have a really strong fan blowing towards the ground and then they can't get in. Yeah. Next year, you guys can add light that. Oh, taking it yeah, nice. up another level there. I couldn't imagine pulling light depth over that thing. Maybe it's easy enough. Huge. Yeah. Should have you seen the ones that are like automated and it just goes out oh, on yeah. a timer and it just pulls it like a light mover across? That's just sweet, man. No, you, you could make one on the inside though. Not as big. Shout well, out that's to an that, idea. Uh, I've seen that done before. Yeah, me too. I see that in Colorado all the time. Yeah, in Oregon, they'll do light depth on the they inside. They make like little, uh, if you did your plants in rows, they'll do it in rows. Yeah, they're, they're talking about it in the show before this. Uh, Jack Green, Greenstock said he's going to have it in his greenhouse where, or at least he was talking about it, where, of course, all of the light depth is on the inside. That way it's protected from the weather. You know what I mean? So you run it on the inside of the greenhouse. And then two, they actually have it. I forget what he called it, but they section it off like what uh, Dank Van Dan was just talking about, where you could like light up just one table or one row, and then so you could have a row in say week six a flower, a row in week four a flower, a row in week two a flower, and have like a perpetual harvest going inside the greenhouse with different rows. Yeah, that's hard for Michigan's growth cycle to do, though. When yeah, I was thinking of all the negative aspects that would, like, impact us. Like, what do you do with your circulating fans on the Airflow, wall? What do you do with yeah. the temperature? How do you, you heat just it? move them? You just, oh, yeah. You'd have to have a fan down every row. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just different challenges, right? Everything you do is, yeah. like, as you were explaining it, I'm just like, this wouldn't work that we have hooked up. This wouldn't work and all that stuff, so. That's a cool idea, though. I have to look into that some more. Hopefully, that's yeah, kind of it. Would fun. be like a uh, the way I pictured it would be like a blackout curtain or whatever that was rolled up to the ceiling, so it just drops from the ceiling and just blacks out a whole vertical wall. Basically, makes a wall, so you could drop drop them in each direction, and then you'd have to have your regular blackout on the top. Right. But I'm looking forward so to the cool. space age future here when we can have these greenhouses that are made of glass, and you can flip the switch and it'll either be like frosted glass or you flip the switch and then it goes to completely blackout, you know, you could just set it all up on a time. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, dream big, Imagine man. how dream expensive big. that might be. Tint, tint the glass for you so you don't have to do shade cloth. Dude, that would be great. That's what could, I'm saying. Make yeah, it like the moonlight. Like yeah, I've seen houses that have those as windows, you know, where you can, like a bathroom window that can be either clear or frosted with a switch. A $6 million greenhouse. If there's anybody that's determined to have a functioning greenhouse, whether it's $6 million or $6, it's fresh cut. So we'll do whatever it takes to make it function as well as possible. I tried like hell and I couldn't get him to give up on certain parts of the uh, greenhouse idea. So we're committed. <laughs> Shout out to Raptor Grow and chat just popping in. He was just on Eagle Gardens. He had a, a pretty cool interview.
history of light depth is a cool video to search for hey i want to give a shout out talking about videos there was a live stream earlier for a future cannabis project that was talking about sour diesel let's let this be a little breadcrumb that if you're looking for something to watch later on uh, whenever you watch this check that out it was pretty cool I do. Good stuff. I do want to watch that because I'm so excited. I've got a uh, shout out. Mich I haven't seen her in chat yet, but Michigan Medicated uh, M2 gave me a cut of uh, her sour diesel and in veg, uh, it was smelling that, you know, that dank smell. I don't get it with all my plants, but I get it with a lot of my keepers where I can start smelling some of that stuff early in veg. And that's, I consider that a super good sign. And I was getting a really strong smell in veg and I just threw her into flower a couple of days ago. So it's going to be a wait, but super good sign already early on so i'm stoked stoked about that one. Oh yeah man i hope it <clears throat> hope it's as sour and as diesel as we we all hope it is sour is one of those things that it's it's in a lot of names but not a lot of the phenos of them not that it's not in there it's just that it tends to be more of an atypical terpene than i found okay. probably pretty recessive in the breeding so like it probably gets dominated out by a lot of different things that are bred with it. Yeah. What were you saying, Dan? Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll smell some sour in the beginning and then it'll just fade or yeah, become sure. overtaken by, you know, other terpenes or whatever. Um, but uh, it seems to be a early showing. It might be one of those things like, uh, I'm sure Jack will maybe drop a comment or something after the show, but, uh, like an ester, you know what I mean? One of those things that disappears and flashes off like an alcohol that disappears pretty quick. It might be one of those deals. Yeah, or back to what we were talking about. Maybe it's something that's getting not dried and cured very well, or it's hard to preserve that way. So many things that we can do to derail our best interests on this, guys. Man. Oh, yeah. You can almost always improve what you're doing. So Narwhal is asking, shout out to you, buddy, there, asking uh, – effects of the sour diesel when i smoked it and the reason i asked for the cut was uh for one it would taste great but for two it was uh, like very good like uh antidepressant like made you super happy like uplifting and that's what yeah, it's very eyes wide open like sativa style smoke which is what i like about it very good smoke that gets you motivated yeah i ran a cup that smelled very similar to that for a long time a couple years and uh it was good stuff man i swapped it for the citrate had a little more lime on it but i traded that sour diesel out for that uh chernobyl that i had that was really lime and really heady and uplifting so the sour diesel overpowered that i thought it was better than the chernobyl at the time um kept that and then i'm under the citrate super lime tara let me smell your citrate the other day red she didn't let me smoke it but i got to oh, smell it Damn, she still has some oh man yeah she still uh, that's has why some. she has it because she won't share it with me. hey yeah. does anybody on the panel not like uh lime terps anybody anti-lime i love them but i think it's mostly because of how hard they are to find comparatively to like regular terps you know that's the only thing that really kicks my anxiety Flow helps really good. I think Flow might have some limonene in it. It's got a nice little lemon lime type smell to it, but it's really dank and floral. Um, I don't know. I, I smoke it and it gets me super, super high and really nice and uh, relaxed. Uses the anxiety. That's what I'm smoking now. It's really nice stuff. Kind of chills me out, you know. It's good, but it doesn't like make me sleepy by any means. Terry, give me an all caps WTF. <laughs> you know you could have smelled it. 
That's yeah, funny. No. Tara, I couldn't believe Don't that you left that. before we the food was done. She saw us prep the grill, put the tri-tips on, all that stuff, and then left. She had to get home in time for the show. Yeah, it's tough. We are coming up on 16 minutes to hashtag. For those that, like Red, take a few minutes to get their accoutrements together and uh, all that good stuff. I was no, I do not. That's that's the lie. I think we nailed it. I think ready. No, Red and I did like a late sesh or something, and it took him it was like 35 minutes to roll a joint. It took me so long to roll that joint, dude. There was so much going on, man. There was a Fucking lot going on. Alien abductions going we on. I can't do. I can't do two things at once, man. Come on now. More like 15 things at once. I was doing a lot more than just two. I was talking and I was like, I don't know, who knows what else I was doing back here. Looks like me earlier in the show. It took me 30 minutes to roll a joint. It reminded me of you the other show too. Messing with chat. Looking stuff up. Who knows? I'm missing, uh, missing old Abolish the Miss C today. I wonder where they're at. I know. I was thinking that earlier. Hope they're doing well. Abolish probably got put in charge of putting the uh, kids to bed for school and stuff. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting about that school stuff back. It's just, it's like, yeah, yeah, school's yeah. back now. Which direction do I have to go to center this here? What is going on? It's like backwards. There we go. This is just dry stuff, but it's yeah. like that's a big chunker right there. Up. Yeah, which one is that's that? that mix, that's that mixed blend from 2018, Scuba. Dude, we've smoked the shit out of that 2018 blend. I don't, I don't know how there's any left. I'm gonna bring this to the little gathering next week and hope to get through. Get some him, get him, man. Mix it up. I'm gonna bring my dog like for the whole rock. weekend. I need to break it up. I need to take like a spoon and dig this thing open. Shout out to my daughter. I know she doesn't watch this, but uh, she's watching the dogs for me, so I don't have to worry about them this weekend. I might as well shout out to uh, Mama and Daddy Red, who are up in Mackinac, taking care of their vacation like a week early so that I can go on vacation, so that they can take care of uh, DOG for me for the weekend. So shout out to them. I really appreciate that. Uh, Andy Man. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Mad Rabbit was asking, was Sequence looking for Black Lime Reserve? Yeah, I was saying that because I was just saying that was on my bucket list. Uh, Medicinal McGillicuddy was saying that they're growing Black Lime Reserve. Uh, what was it? It was a special version of it, I think. But uh, yeah, because we were talking about Citrique. Black Lime Reserve has been on my list for a while. I have that Limerilla, which of course I have to pop. Every time we talk about this, I feel like Spartans holding back anger to, uh, we'll get the glamorilla going Ooh, yeah, man. i've only been saying that for a while come on man. i know dude i'm just i'm trying to reserve how much shit i put on my plate so i don't off myself that's all let me ask you this what do you have going that's so much better than what that is with all it's not about that it? it's that i'm so busy that if i pop the seeds and accidentally were to let them die I'm doing something else for a whole day or something. What's more important than doing that is what I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> the greenhouse, the show, the yeah, turning all my like, indoor. Like, I've got indoor transplants that I've needed to do for like two weeks. My perpetual is now behind. It's getting tragic now that it's fall time. Yeah, it's going to get worse. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to get way worse. 
you're going to get that snowball effect, man. And oof. We're just about done trimming all of the auto flower. Just about done. Almost, almost time for photo. He's going to need toothpicks to hold his eyes open here. You gonna bring totes? Bring bring some fucking bring some fucking totes. those black and yellow totes. Just full yeah. of stuff that needs to be trimmed. Break it down into yeah, brand. man. Bring it. Yeah, we'll just sit there. We'll trim it all weekend. It'll be done. You'll leave with uh, all trim stuff. Yeah. I would have to chop something to do that. Oh, I thought you said you had a bunch of trimming to do. You were you well. Were I mean, I of... I've done all of the uh, auto trimming. It's just about all done. There's like one plant to go, and then my indoor oh, okay. needs trimmed. I might have indoor to trim this next weekend. That'd be fun to trim and smoke because it's all of the uh, trop cookies. Yeah, you want to be running around with six off. pounds of fucking weed in your car? Oh, I don't care. Whatever. Bring it. It's all hemp. Doesn't even get you high. Cool. Jackson. Yeah. It's, it's fucking exotic bird seed, bro. What are These you talking are mids, about? Man. These are mids, cow. dude. They don't even get you high. That's what it's I'm going to tell mag, man. Yeah, cow mag. Half a gallon per gallon cow mag all the way through. That's my secret. That's you it. get buds that look like this one. They're really pretty, but you don't get high. Actually, we just sprinkle cow mag on it directly. So what does it look like that's going to finish first in the greenhouse? Is it going to be that sour melon still? Yeah, definitely. That sour melon is uh, <laughs> definitely ahead. Um, I don't know if it even looks like anything I want to trim, dude. It's wild. But we'll probably trim it. I know. I was thinking about it. We uh, there was one auto plant that I was like, we're just gonna freeze this one. So we did. I freed an entire auto plant because it didn't look like anything I was interested in trimming. Shout out to FLF. He says I'm Danger not trimming on vacation. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you guys. I didn't Shout out to FLF. Far. It's his birthday. I was sitting here dying. Yeah, happy birthday. Going, man. I'm gonna be trimming all week. I love the enthusiasm enthusiasm out of you guys but I generally trim every yeah. fucking day dude I generally oh, yeah. trim every fucking day so i don't i don't know it's either at work or here i'm fucking trimming yeah you're just like a, a bus I, think to, I think it's called a busman's holiday it's because i'm slow i suck at it <laughs> i'm a gardener i'm not a trimmer man bribe me a little i trim like really close i'm really particular about it me too Tim, Truman, I, I do it in spurts. I'll sit down for an hour and it'll end up being three hours. But try try just do it a little bit here, a little bit there. It's tough to sit down and do it for eight hours at a time. I like to trim today blocks, from nine, nine in the morning until 7 p.m. A couple hours every With day. a few smoke breaks in there. If I manage it right, I mean, if, if the flip, I mean, well, I don't, I can't manage it right. If the plants can manage it right, you know, depending on the crop, I can get through a hundred grams an hour, you know, so I can cruise for a couple of hours a time, a couple hours a day can, you know, pay off. Easily. Oh. That's, that's morning work. You know, if you get up early enough, 6, 7 a.m., that you're already done by nine, 10 o'clock. You're done trimming a decent amount. Do that every day. Not bad. I wish though. I could average 100 grams. That's, that that's, a, that's, a, that's a very high average. I just, like keep you guys that, some but... stuff just trims up easier than others. You know, yeah, I got exactly. a fine storm. I'll just flick a couple little leaves off and right. it's all just dug neat anyway. So. That's why I like citral glue. It's like I could grow as many plants as I wanted to and trim so like fast. a half a pound an hour. <laughs> Power through it. 
right on. It's crazy awesome how, how easy it is to trim. Eight minutes to hash time. Still looking at uh, a trim bag for the photos? Nah. Thank God. Nah. Thank God, he says. You think uh, fresh, cut, <laughs> fresh cuts broke in enough to be all hand trimming all the way out? We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, get, get we'll, probably, we'll probably run some of it into extract, definitely. We uh, we talked about that. We had Dab Smith over to look at some of the plants to talk about that as well. Um, we've talked about it with Yeti, having him run some of it into rosin, like the GMO. So I'm excited about that. The Mac will all be trimmed into flour and be kept in these really dark jars and be only given to very good friends like Spartan for giving me the cut. But yeah, we'll be hand trimming everything, I'm sure. I'm sure. Hey, how is that Citra Blue looking out there in the greenhouse? The six-foot monster. The crescendo is the one that's really surprising me. Uh, the buds have stacked up super thick, like donkey dick style colas, which is honestly a horrible sign. So we'll see how that how that goes. Well, it's interesting uh, because you grew it outdoors last year, but not in a greenhouse setting. So what right. difference are you seeing now that you've grown it in all three settings? Is well, I grew the crescendo specific? last year in like a three-gallon plastic pot behind my house. So it was like... 5% the size, and then I intentionally pollinated part of the plant to make my own seeds. So I don't know if I would compare that to this. But uh, the indoors was very frosty, stacks good and all that stuff. Um, and outdoor, I did the same thing. I'm surprised that the crescendos hold held up as well as it has because it is a cookies cross. I expected it to do some weird stuff outside. It's two years in a row, man. Plus, that's what your uh, seeds that you have that uh, Norwal is testing, right? That's a cross on Norwal and Purple Thumb OG is running them also. Shout out to both of those cats. And Tara brought up in chat that fucking garlic storm. How's that looking out there, man? It was always the, Dude, the king of the garden. Man. She yeah, was always the biggest one in there, man. It's got like frost rails. The leaves are canoeing and stuff now. It's Holy It shit. looks like indoor. The flowers do. Did you get clones of that? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. We cloned them to pheno hunt them out, outdoors. So next year I'll have the whatever is the best run I can run next year. No, you only I'm have glad. that one big monster outside, right? No, there's five of them out there. Damn. Oh, so I just think of that one that's. I have left. clones of all five of those. Well, they're all right next to each other on the left right there. All yeah. those big plants are garlic storm. And uh, what we're going to do, what we're doing is the outdoor pheno hunt. So whichever one does the best with the bugs, the PM, the yield, the bud rot, the whatever, trim, density, we're going to uh, keep that one. Who's the breeder on that? The garlic storm was sticky drip. That's like an in-house offshoot. Yeah. yeah. Garlicane, slurricane, super good stuff. That was you, Spartan, right? Yeah. yeah. It's Did always you... Spartan. <laughs> sequence Dude, did you get so any of those, of those did you get any of the glue sniffer from 2020 did you get any of those seeds yeah i think originally i did but i had gifted them to my friend so say i have some if you're interested but i've heard that one specifically is really good for outdoor but uh, i haven't mm. seen it myself that's but the gg4 cross right yeah, yeah it's crossed with the whip 
Yeah, I don't remember. Is it the whip? Okay, I didn't know what the cross yeah. was. I know it was a GG form, but uh, they said specifically it was really good for resisting molds and stuff. Well, it looked good in old uh, indoor. The um, girl crush that I'm running from them is the most comparable to Mac One in the greenhouse in the way that it has that like gray velvet leaf look. Oh yeah, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, every other that plant is. is like green and normal looking except for those two. So. Uh, I've got clones of that too. That's special in its own unique way, the girl crush. So I got high I hopes noticed, for that one. Yeah, I think that I really am. I'm really, um, I already have a lineup going of what I'm popping, but I really want to get, I want to work 2020 in there some more because I'm really seeing some, like with my snow cane, I really like that one a lot. And then um, that PTSD is what I was called, yeah, SSD yeah. or whatever, whatever the hell it is. Tell him to give it a name, damn it. Yeah, uh, that ties, one, uh, that was very similar. Theme. That was very similar as far as how the frost production and the structure of the plant is very similar. I didn't, I'm not ended up keeping it because it's so because it's so right. similar to the snow. Camp. I'm really impressed with the size of that plant, like the vigor and the bud size and the the frostiness and stuff. It's like a very modern cannabis plant when I think about it. Like it's it's hardy. It checks a lot of those boxes that you hope for as a grower, which is nice. I got a lot. Of, I've got a bunch of genetics from them, um, stuff that they've gifted me and stuff that I bought too, or got with the winnings or whatever it was. But uh, so I do need to get down that because, man, every time I go in there, because I've got some snow cane getting ready to come down, and I keep looking at them. I'm like, God, I need to grow more of these. <laughs> the girl crush that I was talking about is Bad Girl by Biscotti. Crop oh, dude, that's, that's 2020. 2020 but yeah. I want some of that. Wow. How soon do I get some of that, man? <laughs> He's had still alive. Yeah. Okay, good. That's, that's I've got cuts of it as well. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's got that really velvet like that leaf Biscotti. look, man. Yeah, even if it's their biscotti that's got that little bit of a spicy flavor to it, that's something that I don't have in my garden, so I'd welcome it, I think, especially Ooh. if it's blended with something else. I have that blue gelato that I got from Dro. I get to flip that over and see what that's going to be like. Man. Looking forward to these. I got that, then I got um, the stuff that I got off of Doc Dankus. So I get another GMO going in. Um, I have the uh, Wedding Punch and Oreos, as well as some headlights and Citro Blue. GG4, I have to, I don't know if I'm going to put it in this time or if I'm going to take a lot of really strong clones from it and then skip it to the next part because I'm going to try to do a 4x4 four four instead of doing all. The whole bed. See, Joe says I'm gonna like that blue gelato. Yeah, I've got that sour D going in the flower room. Just got in there, so it's gonna be a while, but I'm excited for that new, you know, new flower. And then I have Jack's cross, Jack Greenstock, his Velvet Punch F2s. I got four of them going, so I'm excited to see what they they do. They're supposed to be like a grapey flavor, purpley strain. So excited for that. And then the 29th. In honor of Subcool's birthday, the, the late great Subcool, I'm gonna be popping his cuvee. I'll probably pop um, maybe four of them, and then uh, whenever I get that, that's gonna put me struggling for a while to <laughs> juggle plants around and, and still be legal. So I probably won't pop any for a while, but after that, I'm gonna get into uh, Orange Gasm from Irigenetics. That's really exciting. That's a good lineup of stuff that you want to do. Um, we had someone in chat ask what GG4 smells like. What do you guys think GG4 smells like to you, Lou? I know that's a horrible yeah. thing to say, but it just it's it just smells like glue. 
Godspeed says it smells chocolate. like crude oil, and I agree. It smells kind of like a just oil smell. Like a to me, I always thought there's a little pine in there too, though. Yes. Exotic did the grease monkey, and that's a GG4 cross. And I think that, that oil part of that cross came from never got to smoke that. Did you? I've always gotten you like a that? hint of I like cocoa powder. Um, Eagle's grease monkey, I believe. I didn't get to try it. It was supposed to be good. I think it's that chocolate diesel in GG4 that gives it, was it that. Good. It is hash time, my friends. Hash time. Yeah, yo. I got some crescendo dry sift. Narwhal, I would describe uh, GG4 as a very euphoric buzz. Um, I don't know how well it would work for depression specifically, um, but I've really enjoyed it all of my smoking career so far. I found it very good for pain, and for me, I didn't find it uplifting. I found it like sedative. Yeah. For me, it's sedative Stony. and it's fucking like body buzz. And like, if I was hurting, that was the one I wanted. Fucking like my knees were hurting, or my fucking joints were hurting, or I had some muscle pain. I'm smoking GG4 if I have it. Can't find my carb cap, boys. You got the container that you got your uh, concentrate out of? Just use that, man. I do use a different carb cap. Found it. You get you a medallion, man. That's a struggle, a dude. Captain, it always be with you. Need some fucking mitten clips. I got a remind sequence. He's got a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I need one of the, well, I ordered a board from the farmhouse. The guys that did the uh, the board that was at the grow off they had the show logo on the one side. So I'll have all my caps on there eventually. Um, but yeah, the story I had to tell today was I got stung by a yellow jacket today while we were trimming indoors in the neck right here. I kept trimming too. That's how committed I was. Didn't even take a break. True. But it still hurts right now. So I want everyone to take a dab for me right now at hash time and make me feel better. Did you put anything on that? Oh. I would rub some rollerball on it when I go to bed. He did take enough time out of his trimming to get on Instagram and tell us in chat that it annoyed him. Dude, you could have went out. It was annoying. I'm going to keep saying this shit until somebody fucking starts doing it, but you could have went right out to the fucking driveway probably and got that little fucking plant. It's called a plantain. So usually they have the wide leaf ones or narrow leaf ones. But they usually grow right in the fucking driveway. They grow in terrible soil. They always send up those tall shoots with the little flowers on them. You can just take a little bit of that green leaf, chew it up to make like a paste, and rub that shit on there, and it wouldn't even fucking hurt anymore, dude. Spartan, I don't even go to the doctors. I'm not rubbing some driveway weeds on my neck. <laughs> What's wrong with you? How can you be a proponent That's like some for advice plant? for red or something. It's disgraceful that you, you can't be a proponent for fucking plant medicine, my friend. <laughs> I take rosemary leaves and, like, you know, I, I rub the oils on me and stuff for smell good. You know, red's dr rubbing driveway leaves on himself. Hey, you know what? I've pressed roses and rolls in driveway corn, leaves. And it really excretes. Crazy looking uh, water. Rosemary, he says. Grow rosemary. You can put that behind your ears. 
I do, man. Yeah, I got rosemary growing on. It smells great. And rub a little bit on your neck. I got it too. Like he's saying, put a little bit underneath your like nose and stuff. You smell it. It's great. It's good for your skin. <coughs> I go out and eat that shit just randomly. It's fucking rose. I got a little herb garden going. It's like rosemary, thyme, sage. It's fucking good shit. It's really good for you too. That shit is hilarious. <laughs> All right, shout out to Tara, man. She's she's gonna do that shit, but she's got to get stung. We gotta get her stung first. See if it helps her with the bug bites. I've been stung twice so, this year. All she's got to do is hang out with me. I think. So who's gonna collect and bag and tag this driveway weed? <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't have to be the driveway. driveway it, can, it can be anywhere. I swear, dude. In any fucking shitty soil, it's it's like everywhere. <laughs> any shitty. Soil. Maybe we can find some behind a Seven Eleven. Is like, it that bro. weed that gets that long, hard flower? And if you don't mow, when you mow your grass down, that thing it's starts like a tree. With, like, wooden stick, and you yes. step yes. on it barefooted, and it punctures through the top of your foot. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, getting pretty man. specific there. I don't know about all that. Damn, damn. Yeah, that sounds uh, yeah. like. Yeah, I'd like to chew the shit out of that thing, man. <laughs> Get some goats, bro. If you do, it's uh, it is a mild uh, like an aspirin. It is like a mild uh, pain reliever too. So if you did uh, eat it, you'd get a little bit of an effect. It's better to be like topical. It's a better topic. It, it better give some relief. I've stepped on a shit ton of them things. Which one are you talking about? The driveway the... weed. All right, hold on. I'll just, I'll just pull it up. He was really specific about so it. Driveway weeds. <laughs> he said a plantain. That's a plantain, man. Yeah, plantain, dude. Plantain? Not the banana. Not the banana, but the weed. Chat, what do you think? Are you having a good time with this? Because this shit is cracking, cracking me the fuck things. up, man. You guys rock. Sticky Mitt says they were stung 144 times at once. What? Oh, shit. That's 12 times 12 right there. Whoa. <laughs> you did that after hash time. Fast, oh, man. Yeah. That's some Rain Man shit there, boy. That was Rain Man shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's that stuff you sub for. Oh, yeah. You just pulled the square. <laughs> All right. If you give me the ability to share screen, I'll share you the, the, the plant that will fucking help you with stings. Let me see. Oh, here you go. The you go. go ahead. Share away. Uh, got it. You draw dicks on the screen. I gotta kick you out. Yeah, can you, can <laughs> you see that? You... Yes, I know right, what that motherfucker is. That's one. That's that's one version. There's another version that that's the that's the wide leaf version. Then there's a narrow leaf one too. Okay, Hold on. it's and called a plantago. Uh, here's the narrow leaf. Here, there we go. Let me view that file. Yeah. So that says plantain and. Playing I, on that one. Now, see, I don't see that yeah. one. I, I see the other one. I haven't seen that one. It's I've seen them both. I've seen them both in my yard. Similar to but, the first one, but I haven't seen them throw flowers or seed like that. And you don't have to on. get the. You don't need the flowers. <laughs> the one on the right's later on. But I've seen yeah. that one there. Flaccid, in it's all flaccid and shit. <laughs> Does it grow bananas like that? Those are plantains too, but that's a different thing. <laughs> Only if you leave it in your driveway for a while. Okay, there you go. This one's even called the broadleaf here. But it's not okay. even the flowers. It's just the leaf part, man. You just chew that up to like a little poultice or whatever you want to call yeah, that. I have that in my garden. Yeah, you get it yeah. everywhere. Okay. I swear, man. Wow. You find it everywhere. What are I it's like a mild pain reliever. I have to look at the length of the... Spartan, you fucking rock, The man. length of the petiole. Oh, yeah. The petioles man. on these are pretty I'm just long. saying, man. I help each other to help themselves. And exactly. Stop, stop being on the fucking government's tit and fucking being on Big Pharma's <laughs> tit when we can do it ourselves. Purple Thumbs says uh, he's got a shit ton of those in his yard. Shitty driveway weeds. I just assume your gender purple thumb. I apologize. You know, like um, even a mosquito bite, it helps with that even. 
just like a bug bite. That's the worst thing. It's like pulling yeah. face on that shit, man. Yeah, Moisture out of it. If you had a toothache, I don't think it'd be strong enough for a toothache, but it might give you a little bit of relief just chewing on I it. I said put toothpaste on it. Oh, okay. toothpaste. Uh, yeah. Get those baking yeah, for, for, uh, it, yeah. Yep. for mosquito bites and stuff. Yeah, man. You got to chew it like cut, like dags. Dags no good. Um, you got to chew your driveway weed like cud. Yep. How long do you chew it for? Until it works. No, it's actually just not a lot. You're just breaking it down a little bit so you can smash it up and put it under a Band-Aid or something. Just yeah, to, yeah. I like how serious Spartan is. He knows that yeah. we're just no, we're trying to make jackasses. Jokes. He's, trying to get he's people just like... Advice. You just okay. want a little bit of an enzyme in your mouth to uh, start breaking that shit down. Salicylic acid. We're going to have Red do some science this weekend. Mr. Science. <laughs> Rub oh. these weeds on yourself, Red. <laughs> no. Oh, no, those no, are poison ivy. We're going to have 4, 4K footage from the GoPro. I know how to do identify. The cloth rolling around in rosemary. And... Fred has quite the uh, exotic plants growing in his garden. There's, there's quite a few his things going on beautiful. out there. Yeah. That is uh, that is my IPM. It's the herbs. Dude, is it getting crowded in there yet? All right. So the sunflowers, yeah, the sunflowers crowded out, but... So sunflowers are generally pest free. So that's a plus. The only real pest I've, I've dealt with on sunflowers is ants, but it's nice because the sunflowers are kind of like a banker plant for the ants. Um, so not on the cannabis as much. What I have going on now is the sunflowers <clears throat> start to do this kind of like question mark droop and uh, they hang down to where the, the, they'll kind of like Eh, the pollen isn't so much an issue, but some of the small fine petals will kind of fall off the seed. And then if you don't harvest right away and they start to dry on the, uh, on the, on the, st- on the stalk, <clears throat> the birds start to get at them. Once the, once the birds start to get at them, then you're starting to get like shell husks and all kinds of other little things that are on the, on the cannabis flowers that I'm having to kind of flick off and shake off i kind of go out there in the middle of the day when the plants are dry so i'm able to just shake the plants i don't like doing i don't like shaking the plants when they're wet uh if you shake plants while your plants are wet there's a good chance you're going to absorb some of that moisture you're going to open up your your buds you know like they're not supposed to be and they're going to get water droplets inside there inside like areas that might already be sealed by waxes and things and the crannies Yep. So you don't want that. So let them naturally dry. And then I go out there and I kind of shake off and just kind of brush off and flick off some of the uh, whatever residue that's going on because there's sunflowers. There's all kinds of there's an upper canopy above my cannabis plants going on. So uh, harvest it's it's time to harvest some of these sunflowers. So I'm going to get out there and harvest most of them. And uh, the ones that are dead and, you know, attracting birds and things like that to the garden, it's time for those ones to just be gone with. And then otherwise, everything just gets chopped and dropped. Everything's looking very good. And as far as like, so like rosemary, thyme, dill, lots of these other like beneficial herbs, just the fragrance alone is going to keep many pests out of the garden, spider mites being one of them. And then uh, having other herbs like, you know, just about having sunflowers and things like that. What I'm getting is bees, lots of bees, lots of predators in my upper canopy. So, you know, where my flowers are, there's lots of predators, not just in my lower canopy, is there the bees or where like some squash might be, but it's really high up in the sky. So the bees are everywhere vertically all the way up and down. So they're going all over the cannabis. Um, 
they're getting all that stuff, you know, attracting butterflies, dragonflies, anything else that might be out there eating some small insects that might be pests. So as far as pest pressure goes, having like all of the diversity <clears throat> has worked out. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that maybe my neighbors spray, but I only know of one of my neighbors that sprays. I don't see anybody else spraying any other three sides. And the one neighbor that does spray is on the opposite side of my yard. So I'd imagine that it has to do with the diversity. So it's working out. Um, you know, we, we've had the, we've had the cold temps, we've had the rain, uh, you know, it's starting to get, I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to call it like week five, week six. I'm saying some of these varieties have a couple weeks left, two to three weeks left. Uh, they're going to swell more. They're going to take a heavier risk of uh, mold and mildew. But from what I'm seeing right now, as far as like the structure on the flowers, from what it's already survived, the leaves have already survived. They're doing good in the temperatures. As long as we don't get some serious, serious freezes, I think that, I think they're going to be good. They're in the ground. So you know, I have a good, um, <clears throat> I keep my soil covered with uh, layers of grass, leaves, uh, sunflower leaves, whatever, cannabis leaves, whatever chops, it falls, it drops, it goes right down to the base of the plants, and that's insulating the roots, and so hopefully the roots will never freeze, you know, anytime soon, not until winter, so. Red, let's talk about the rainbow driver inside. Oh, uh, okay, so it looks like it's finishing a lot earlier than where it would be finishing, uh, <clears throat> indoors we were talking a little bit about that last night and what we were talking about was since we've had these like cold snaps we're thinking that the plants are uh starting to finish earlier trying to preserve themselves like they know winter's coming so they're like you know and, and i'm seeing it in the uh i'm seeing it a little bit in the bud structure like they're kind of starting to swell a little bit earlier than what it would inside but i'm seeing it more in like you know, the, the stigmas or the pistols are kind of starting to like darken up and start to change a little earlier than what it would. Usually they don't change indoors. Uh, it's almost like it wants to just continue to grow kind of like a sativa, but it's got that OG structure and it's got that funk. And Does it still have it, the same nose or pretty close? I, the nose is, uh, it's, it's got an outdoor like faded kind of a nose, but yeah, it's okay. still there. <laughs> it's still there. Um, I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say that it hasn't had any more, I'd say out of everything out there, it's probably had the most powdery mildew pressure uh, on it. So I'm probably not going to run it just for that fact alone outdoors anymore. But um, she's touching. Great babe. Yeah, no, not even touchy, man. It's just everything else is just doing better. I think that's all. Well, the great um, babe is both. There's no, right? there's no bad powdery mildew. It's just like, you know, you look at it and you're like, I think I should pull a couple of those leaves just to Right, these. exactly. You know, so like, Nothing like nothing crazy, nothing like a dust ball or anything like that. So. The foxtail sequence <laughs> yeah, has no, spoken. Knock on wood. What um, hit squash? <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. There is squash growing at the base of all my plants. There's powdery mildew all over the squash. The squash pretty much just touching the canvas. I try to keep it off as much as I can. Uh, there are lilacs with powdery mildew pretty much on three sides of my garden. Uh, the whole side is like across my neighbor's fence but she's just loaded with lilacs all the way down her her line and right now the lilacs are just all loaded with powdery mildew i walk past it i brush against it i walk into my garden i'm brushing past everything in my garden some flowers aren't getting it the cannabis isn't really getting it um you're wild man it's yeah. to me to me it's the health of it's the health of the the soil keeping the plants healthy enough to combat it on their own 
keeping the diversity, the populations of insects in there and just working with nature instead of against nature and trying to minimize my inputs as much as I can because it's an outdoor regenerative garden and I'm trying to do it regeneratively, not <clears throat> not buy stuff for it, I guess. You know what I mean? So of course. So and 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 it's also kind of like it's my practice, like it's I don't know, I guess I'm kind of practicing homesteading. I'm practicing um uh, my doomsday garden, if you will, you know, trying to see like, what can I do on minimal inputs, you know, how can I, granted, you know, I've tossed some recharge in there, but I'm also studying up on how to collect my own IMOs and things like that. So if, if it were a doomsday situation, it wouldn't have we to get a lot. prepper red, like you YouTube know? mini series. Yeah, dude, totally, man. We're gonna, oh, it'd we're be gonna so do no till, no till prepper style, grow uh, dinosaur kale and cannabis. Yeah. Hell yeah. You could teach people all kinds of shit, I'm sure. Your garden, like seeing you build your garden, I know that you didn't put that down. You might have put it on your story on your Instagram, but you shared it in our chat when you did it and layered it all and did all the Hugo beds and stuff. Like people would love that as video content. Yeah, actually there's I have another I have another uh I have a private instagram account rosebud underscore farms that i have that which i should kind of transfer some of those photos over except uh i don't know maybe i'll just open it up and uh and change it over i don't think my name's on it by any means so i could probably just open it up and um publicize it and just have that be my like uh other other one the only reason that like red cider farm is kind of just my uh because of the irish hills kind of where that is your canvas uh, specific ig yeah, well, Rosebud Farms was pretty much my homestead farm and garden. Yeah. So here, yeah. basically, my outdoor is kind of the Rosebud Farms, uh, uh, if you will, regenerative thing. But everything's under Red Setter Farm as of now. Like backstory. Yeah, I definitely think people would be interested in all that content, not just the canvas stuff. I think the gardening has a big overlap with all of the other gardening, like you've seen with Abolish the Fish, you know, yeah, it's it's that cannabis and being involved in these kind of shows and reading and everything else. I have gotten to the point where my outdoor, like my tomatoes this year, are amazing, man. Amazing. My roses are kicking ass. I'm still throwing blooms on my roses. You know, and it's all I've I've really gotten into it because of just being a grower, man. And I think of like Spartan. Spartan comes from a farming agriculture background. Like, when did you start working with plants, Spartan? We always, I mean, growing up, that's how we fed. I mean, we fed her every year. Exactly. We had this huge garden. So, I mean, sent my, my whole life. And then my first job, I worked under the table my whole, like, from sixth grade all the way till, I think, middle of high school on the farm. That was a job. I just worked on a farm. It was a small farm, but it was a farm. And then uh, I didn't really do much with plants after that until I um, started growing cannabis, actually. So when I was growing my own cannabis, then that leads you to, you know, using the soil out in the in backyard for your vegetables. And it just kind of grows from there. So, yeah, I've kind of been around plants all my life, really. Yeah, I have too. Like my grandma, I used to go over there and can with them every summer. And I learned how to like... But I still have a love for making pickles specifically. Um, but like we canned everything, tomatoes. I remember peeling boiled tomatoes as a kid and burning the shit out of my hands and all that dumb stuff, dipping them in the water and stuff. 
I remember I was think I was outside today and I was like, you know, my garden's mostly done as far as the tomatoes and stuff. I mean, they're they have a ton of tomatoes still on there, but they're all green. All green, yeah. But then I thought to myself, man, I remember growing up, we would pick all those green tomatoes, and uh, I would have, remember help my mom because I was the one turning the the grinding wheel. They had one of those old cast iron grinding wheels that clipped to the edge of the table and uh we would grind out those green tomatoes up and uh what the hell did we use those for i don't even remember we made something out of it i was thinking man i should call mom and just pick up <laughs> pick all these out and figure out what to do with them or uh what you can do with green tomatoes is just fry them you know cut them do fried green tomatoes have you ever had those you just cut them in slices and then bread them i haven't People keep telling me to eat it because I like tomatoes, but I have no. It's a whole different. Tomatoes. It's a whole different flavor, and it's good. <laughs> they are fucking good. I I've had people say that they don't like seven tomatoes. I like them fried. I grew my tomatoes this year in my seven-gallon pots with soil that I used uh, a year ago, and so I transplanted into them. I put the yes, the tame tomato cages that I used to use before I put the bed up, and I just my plants exploded man so i'm thinking with these greens at the end i might just want to drop those on top of the soil and let them break down and i might get some volunteers in the springtime or something you know yeah, what that's, I mean? that's exactly what i'm doing that's exactly what i'm doing i'm just i'm just gonna get down there and i'm just gonna let them all i'll push all the plants down on top and then yeah. i started today and part of the other beds that have already been cleared out and you know. so i just mowed the grass and i bagged it today so i took the and i was emptying the grass on the top to kind of put the blanket on the bed and, and put it put it to sleep for the for the fall. very very good advice for people oh let's talk about the uh collecting of the leaves because that's coming up real quick what can we do with those guys oh yeah, i know what i do i hit mine with a lawnmower honestly uh, I, I have a bagger attachment on my lawnmower and i pile up my leaves and rather than bending over and picking them up 15 dozen times i uh i just plow over them 15 dozen times uh, <laughs> and I bag them up and then I take those uh, shredded leaf clippings and I compost them. Well, I don't have a compost pile. I cold, cold compost across my entire garden and I just scatter and believe it or not, within a season, there will be nothing left. I'll have bare ground and I have to continue to do it. So I find there's nothing wrong with cold composting. I find that it, uh, it saves uh, carbon emissions from getting off into the atmosphere, being a, being one added plus, you know, so my backyard's not hot composting, you know, while everybody else's are around me. So that just kind of saves one small low carbon footprint. But the other, the other aspect is I'm just feeding all of my uh, decomposers throughout my garden constantly, rather than um, <clears throat> trying to, you know, compost is one of those things that like, yeah, I mean, you can compost anything in any duration of time, but if you're trying to do it thermically, if you're trying to do it uh, a bunch of different coal piles or something like that, if you're trying to do it for an exact reason or a purpose, you can mess it up in a lot of different ways. So I tried to like, <clears throat> if I'm collecting all my material all year long and, and it took me the entire year to like build this huge pile and then I fuck it up somehow, I just wasted like basically that entire year and it's all anaerobic nastiness or something like that, which probably could be amended and refixed and whatever. But for me, it's just scatter it and dust it around and let the decomposers take care of it so that's kind of what i do so i have a bunch of different piles everywhere and then i'll use piles to like kill off areas of grass or something and then i'll change it and i'll move it the next season you know what i mean just kind of like re reutilize the stuff and shake it around grow out of it and over time, Super over awesome. time i do the same thing i'll 
I'll do. I'll put the compost pile on an area I want to just kill the fucking grass, and then uh, I'll move that compost, put it over top of a bed or whatever, and then I'll grow something where I killed all the spot. grass. Oh yeah. That's that's how I kill the grass. You know what I mean? To start a new bed, I just fucking compost in that spot. The year before, just compost the whole year before. And then when you move that compost, there, I mean, you're cleared out. You don't have to dig up grass. You don't have to do any of that bullshit. And then you have a super awesome composted layer already, already waiting for you to plan into. I've been doing a lot of like no-till uh, landscaping. So some of my first, like and some of mine, my first work, you know, was basically like landscaping, right? So cutting grass for neighbors and doing stuff like that. But like when I was young, I was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old, I was pulling weeds for a neighbor. Ah, maybe I was a little bit old. I was probably like eight to 10 pulling weeds. Driveway weeds? Yeah, oh yeah, rolling around in backyard weeds. You know, definitely learned not pull the flowers and which ones were flowers, which ones were weeds, and to get every single weed because he was a meticulous old man. And uh, you know, um, that was like, and then I started like kind of hustling in a little bit lawnmower, lawn jobs and stuff like that, and you know, doing whatever else I could do with landscaping and things like that, helping people out, moving bricks and rocks and painting and staining. Anyways got into it pretty early you know just the love for the love for plants and the love for just kind of like being gentle to the ones you want to keep around and even being gentle to the ones you want to pull out because if you're too uh if you're too rough with you know a weed and you leave the root in there it's just going to keep growing back so there's you know there's a certain way to pull a pull a weed out and make sure you get the whole root out there's a life lesson there somewhere right i'm just not smart enough to articulate it yeah the life lessons in there you guys got i gotta pull it out because i'm too high to Y'all gotta oh, pull and, it out. When Red Ooh, said that he was a meticulous old man, I thought that he was going somewhere else before he said man. So this is what kind yeah. of in my mind. I saw a program explaining like weeds, and it's just nature balancing itself. So the the grounds where weeds tend to show up is used, is not really suitable for other plants. The the nutrition's not there. Most weeds, or what we call weeds, tend to have a real deep taproot that goes real. And it penetrates in through compacted soil and everything else. Well, it's loosening up the soil when it does that. And then when that vegetation dies in the wintertime, it's creating like a compost above it. And it's mining minerals with that taproot, which gets sequestered in the leaves, which fall down on top and, and slowly filter back down through the soil. Eventually, you know, years and years of that happening with lots and lots of weeds, that, you know, rehabilitates the soil to make it a little bit richer and now a weed won't even grow in there so much because it's getting too rich for it you know it won't oh. sit in that it needs that compacted soil to really thrive and to outcompete other plants and it was just mother nature will just kind of reset on her own so i'll let my amazing. thistles i'll let my thistles and some others kind of you know they'll grow and they'll intertwine and they'll kind of come up as long as they're not really shading out some of the other crops you know if there's enough room for them to go i'll let them grow because when i do pull them it's exactly it's like a big carrot comes out of the ground and then you basically aerated your your soil right there naturally you know you didn't have to run an aerator through or anything pull out five or six thistles boom 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 there's four natural holes that just appear in the ground and now your bugs and everything get a chance to just go crazy inside there and everything starts moving around drops them off leaf or grass clippings on that some new grass goes right down in there you didn't even have to till it tilled for you right naturally you know i've got a monster a daikon radish growing on one of my beds i'm so excited about just because i when i pull that out after i want to wait for a frost and pull it out but i don't know maybe i'll leave it in i don't know because that would be cool to compost in there but it, it's cool that 
I mean, the the foliage above it is, seems big, so I'm assuming what's below is is big too. I got two horseradishes that are pretty. I'm imagining are very similar because the foliage is like dinosaur leaves. Like the leaves are like three feet long, or like I don't know, real wide, and they're just huge and they're massive plants. And I didn't think they were gonna get that big, but I imagine the bulb underneath is going to be something along the lines of a daikon because. Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm imagining it to look like. Right. And horseradish is awesome, man. I love horseradish. Yeah. You got to at least pull it out for the content, for the picture. Well, I have two. I have two. So I'll probably keep one, let it decompose and do its thing. And I don't know if it'll come back or not. But what about uh, crimson other. clover? What about that? So crimson clover is good to fix nitrogen, but it also gets tall. So depending on what your you know what application you're using it for you know you wouldn't want to plant it for say like in a brassica bed because brassica is still kind of really big yeah so if you're growing a tall plant it, just give it time to get tall before you get you before you seed that that red clover in because that's it's beautiful I love it I mean it's it's beautiful and it does a really good job of pulling nitrogen and fixating into the soil but I think it's better for crop to like if you're going to like say given a bed. If you're allowed one of your beds to go furlough for one year, whatever they call that, where you don't really grow anything in it, maybe just grow that as a cover crop on its own, and it won't right. really interfere with anything. Uh, the leaves I, are just, it's just huge, too. I mean, the it's like that big around. I mean, that's going to shade out anything when you get a bush of this clover. Shade stuff out so easy. You say those gigantic leaves, and I think to myself that that's got to be a lot of nitrogen in those when those start to break down, you know what I mean, into the bed itself. Another thing about the, um, I just learned, I wish I could remember what video, some random video came up and I was watching a guy explain calcium in the soil and how it's like a metal, it just gets pulled down by gravity. So you have to keep applying it. I was telling you this kind of a little last, bit. The we day. talked about yeah. it last night. Yeah. You keep applying it on the soil on top. And they said that if you see weeds like, uh, people like dandelion, same thing like I was saying before with the big tap roots in them and stuff like that. Those tap roots are really searching for calcium. It's chasing that calcium that's falling through the soil. So if you're starting to see a lot of dandelions or uh, weeds like that, one that I was showing earlier, the plantain, uh, it means that you're low in calcium. So that's a good sign. Instead of throwing pesticides on that stuff, go get some calcium. Get some, you know, gypsum is going to be a little bit more expensive, but it's still fairly cheap. Uh, you could go limestone, you know, limestones. If you're doing like, like D.E. D, yeah, Does D, e, have calcium in it? You just put a bunch of that in your yard? I don't think it has a ton of calcium in it, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really familiar with using a lot of that to, to say one way or another, but I mean, I like it. I, I like it as a soil conditioner, like to mix into the soil. You're talking it's about diatomaceous earth? Yeah. yeah. I was just curious about, you know, seeing if that would work well, especially but when I what I like to use is too. what I like to use for calcium sources. I like to use gypsum. Which I just got a box. I got a box of it from down to earth for like what was six, 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 six bucks. You told me. Yeah. So it's not like it's expensive, and um, that brings sulfur into the equation too, which is amazing, and it brings a little bit of oxygen into the equation, which is also a good thing into the root zone. Uh, what's special about gypsum? The way that I had it explained to me is is that um, it's kind of a weak bond between the calcium and the sulfur. So when you top dress that, and it starts to um, get into the soil layer that bond breaks pretty easy and that sulfur goes off it's connected to an oxygen too and when that sulfur breaks off the oxygen breaks off 
oxygen is released into the soil, which is a good thing. Sulfur, which is uh, immediately available to the uh, plant, is going to help with like terpene production, things like Light that. Um, you could probably eliminate your Epsom salt because you don't need to really add a ton of magnesium usually to your uh, root zone anyway. So now you're adding your sulfur and you're not adding a bunch of magnesium, but you're also adding calcium, uh, which has got nothing attached to it. So it's going to be av available to the plant. So that's why I really am turned on to this gypsum. But I also right, well, use I also use oyster shell as like at, like I just used it today when I transplanted out of my ones into my final pot and they're still vegging. Uh, I did a top dress of oyster shell because that's in my eye is going to be a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a longer release, a slower release of calcium. That's what I use in my no-till beds also is oyster shell. When you organic guys start talking about these lists of amendments you use, I'm picturing the guy with all the newspaper clippings in the wall and all the strings and the pens and shit everywhere. Oh, I thought of it like the uh, uh, wing of, of bat and eye of newt kind of thing. The way you should think of it is uh, it's a toolbox. You don't use those tools every single day on every single grow. You might use it once every two or three grows, as little as that. Right. But it's just the toolbox. It's just something to, it's just how, how we can, be, as artists, you know, the art, that's how that's how the um, the organic guys can put the art of the grower into the grow. Not everybody uses the exact same input. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's really neat. Uh, what do you use lime for? I don't use lime, but uh, I don't like lime. Lime's usually attached to things, so I, I just like my calcium source to be right now oyster shell and uh, gypsum and I'm, I'm sure i'm getting i'm getting calcium carbonate from um, worm castings there there's like a calcium carbonate uh casing on the outside that's what kind of makes the casing itself kind of holds it all in so there's a lot of calcium in my worm bin too worm castings i'm just going to need you to bring me all of your castings for the greenhouse yeah, that's my gold, man. Got to teach him to build one. That's what we got to do. We got to no, yeah, that, that, that's that definitely triple a decker, thing we got to do you know for I mean? sure. That would be cool. And then just populate it with one of the uh, containers of worms, and away you go. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So, in a spare corner of your, no, that would probably be too hot in the summertime. I was saying, in the spare corner of your greenhouse, you could probably just throw a pallet down and put do a big old fucking smart pot in there and just fill it for a full of manure. You're on farms. Just get a fucking fill that fucking smart pot full of fucking manure <laughs> and maybe some kelp and some neem and uh, some malted barley on top and throw some worms in there and let them fucking chew on that all fucking year long. And then use that. Maybe I can get them into doing it in the garage. It's a science experiment with the kids. Yeah. Kids. Look at the worms. Put an avocado in here. Look at the worms now. I would Drop say some eggshells. And I would try to coffee. go with a yeah. Try to go with a big pot because I think to get them to survive the wintertime temperatures, maybe if you have a bigger pot, might help. I don't know. There's always room for more pot. That's why we're all here. Like more pot. Cheers to Jack Green Star. Jack says he's watching on his TV tonight because his wife's at work. Oh, Shout out to Jack. Lady Greenstock is out for the night. Jack is big pimping tonight. Fresh cuts down to do worms? That would be really cool to learn. Really beneficial. Well, the cost savings is amazing if you can get it working right. 
You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And the, and the oh, castings yeah. you make are always going to be better than the kinds you can buy. Well, depending on what you're willing to do, I know a guy, and I'll t- I can uh, I'll hit up Coot and uh, ask him. Like, look, this is what we're working with. What should we do? Yeah, man, exactly. That's what I want. Get it know. from the fucking horse's mouth instead of fucking around, right? There it is. Shout Why out not? to Clackamas Coot. Always interested in learning the uh, from the subject matter experts and everything that I'm learning for sure. And it would be it would be a frugal thing, you know. It wouldn't be super expensive, and and he's been doing stuff like this for so right. long that that's the guy I would talk to. And I mean, first guy that comes to my mind, and he's gonna. I mean, I, I've heard him, you know, talk to him a few times myself, and you know, just watched all this stuff, and I'm sure he's gonna recommend something like that, like a, a smart pot, a big smart pot, and you just pile in the the material, and then you just throw your worms in and just let it do its own thing for a year. You know what I mean? Time right. is what you really want. And because you're because of your scale, because of your scale is so large, you need so much of it. I think that's your best bet. Fresh cut says that it seems like it, it's less work than the fish. <laughs> probably it's less for work real. than fish. I would it. Um, I'm curious if they'd be good in the garage over like winter time or if they would have to be like in the basement or something. I don't the know. The pallet I think is what's going to help you, right? That's the thing that I would ask. Um, that's the kind of stuff I'd ask Coot on, you know, as far as the life cycle. I'm, I'm not strong on like the actual, like what kind of temperatures because does right. it, you know, that I don't know those things. Right, right. I have it in my basement, so it's pretty much, I mean, it might get a little bit cold, but it's still like living temperatures. It's not going to fuck them up. It's like 65 in the lowest probably. Things to learn, things to learn. I like it. I like learning. Another thing to think about, too, is if depending on the manure, I mean, it might not want to be something that you want in a garage if it's attached to your house or close to your house. You know what I mean? The smell might might be a good point. You could cover it it maybe with some mulch, some mulch, like a a big, get a little square bale of. Yeah, when you get in there, turn it in. (laughs) Just get a square bale of straw and put that over a straw layer on top, and that'd probably keep the smell down. That'd probably be good. Call this a turd bin. Mm. Now we got Chack in the chat giving advice. Amen. Very good, very good. Yeah, Fresh Cut says all we need is another project. That's a good point. Yeah, but this is like a, a set it and forget it project. Those are always the best. It's like you do it one day and then you're done with it. You might have to, like you might have to monitor the moisture level, maybe. That's, that might be the only thing you have to do. Then you can collect the leachate and all that other stuff, too. Like Oki says in chat, I'm not going to try the, the last name, but cover it with Bokashi. It's Grower. Oki Grower. Oh, wow. They hit you with that Cajun. Yeah. Dang, Cajun stuff. Yeah, mate. I wasn't going to attempt it either. I was going to say Oki. Me either. You got us all. We're too high. Yeah, the hash time got me. I better hash time it up again. I smoked a whole bowl of hash. And then I have been Cushman's live resin. Nice. Shout out to Dab Smith on that one. Yeah, Dab Smith. It's really. Let me try to get a. I don't want to drop anything on a keyboard. Oh, I've spilled many times with the hash. 
Focus. Hey, well. Damn you. You look good. This is diamonds and sauce, so it's uh, really crystally. Turn the nail up just a little bit. I'm at 420. I heard somebody talking about the rate, all the rage of the low tep dabs could be dangerous in that you're not combusting all the material and you're actually inhaling some pure terpenes, which could actually be damaging to your lungs. Have you guys heard anything about that? Uh, it seems good in a hypothetical level, but I wonder how many of those terpenes are going to get filtered out in the water. The thing I was thinking of is, is like, how could it be? I mean, wouldn't it be a liquid, the terpene itself, or a solid? It wouldn't be in a gaseous form. So how could you really inhale a pure terpene unless it could just like be somehow suspended in the air to be sucked through a? Yeah, I think the vapor would be, you know, small molecules of liquid or small, whatever portions of liquid floating in the air, but I think it would get caught in the water. Yeah. Most like of the terpenes, if you've yeah, ever washed hash, like the hash water yeah. and stuff's very aromatic, it pulls a lot of that stuff out of there. Yeah, that's why I was having a hard time understanding how, like, physically you could even inhale a a whole fucking terpene, you know what I mean, and get it through glass. Or, I mean, get it through water, I mean. I agree. But if you come across that, send it to me, I'd be interested. I just heard people talking about it. I didn't uh, see a link or, or see an article or anything. It just surprised me. We lost Red. Uh-oh. The mob got him, dude. I thought you were coughing so hard you just blew him away. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm just fucking with you, man. That was a big old dab he took. It's tough. If I had my mic on muted, I'm especially sorry. Oh, I didn't hear it. I would agree that dabs are overrated. Are you getting called out, Michigan Bros. Gross Show? Done. Check your Gmail. Boy, think. More stuff to do. Put it on the list. Red, did the aliens get you again? You got me again, man. Yeah. Fucking with me again. I'm over here telling all the natural secrets. Red gets a perpetual probing. <laughs> so those RSO suppositories that were in chat earlier. Bring me up. Beam me up, Scotty. I bet those get you high as shit. So what I've heard about the suppositories. Unintended. I think it was Scotty maybe was talking about it on Dude Grow. Somebody somebody was talking about that. They said that like the high stops like here. Like you don't feel anything at all. You're totally clear headed. You feel nothing at all in your head at what? all. What? But you just get like that buzz feeling in your body. It sounds strange to me, but uh, hey. It sounds I, really I strange. Know. I can't remember who made them, but shout out. I think the uh, the most clever suppository I've seen so far was the uh, alien head. And it was like shaped like the alien head. Can we make you do it for science, right? You know, like the, uh, Tell us where the buzz the size. I hope, it, I hope no, not. No, like no, just like, you know, you know, like the, it, it's shaped like a little, like, you know, like the, 
Like a, candy. Are you trying to like a, a raindrop? The, the, the yeah. Sigourney Weaver alien, you know, with the Sigourney the, Weaver the, like, alien. Scooping out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of her like actual stage name, but it or her um movie name, but it was yeah, Sigourney Weaver alien. That Broccoli and cheese, some people are boofing. actually boofing THC. <laughs> yep. That's yep. going on. We're gonna try to get Red to do it for the show. Would that be the coconut oil? I'm not. I'm not doing a suppository live. He's like, wait a minute, what? Hold not on. live. <laughs> we we need to know where the buzz stops. If it stops yeah. here, yeah. You know, be interesting. Why am I the test cat? Just the just the tip. Well, you're willing to roll in driveway the, weeds. The yeah. figured Rosemary, you'd be the one that would be down. We, th- we thought your boundless enthusiasm. How do we go from Rosemary to suppositories like that? Hey man, driveway weed. It's I'll a gateway drug. Funny things. Right? <laughs> Rosemary's the gateway drug to boofing weed, dude. I'll take the alien abduction. Okay. I'm actually quite curious. See, now you want to do it. I'm alien. sure we've had enough show donations that we could fund the purchase of a suppository for this sort of thing. It is show content. Yeah, we could probably get them done. Garlic cane. And I love garlic cane. This one's so slurry cane that you would swear <laughs> it wasn't garlic cane. That's weird. Yeah. Once you have something that's not super garlic. That's why I love it. That's why I love it. It's like, oh, something that's not garlic. That's sweet. Lost chat. It's free if you boof it. There it is. I said just go with a hash nug. Are you going to be a hash eater? No, I mean, if you're going to go with a suppository, just go with just straight hash. Just throw hash that. in the ass. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> We're yeah. off the deep end today, guys. Oh, yeah, don't, don't listen to any Baby, of this. come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can get it in your intestine. You, they still winds up in your intestines eventually if you just eat it. I'm just saying, I mean. Just going That's in the reverse order. Works you know, both ways. Yeah, you just so, while they're bypassing the liver that way. So. Yeah, you bypass your liver and you get right a lot more blood. of yeah, you get a lot more of the effects. There are some effects. If you should just happen to boof it. I've had to get them for patients, so I wonder I wonder if I if I that person that I had researched before had to uh those still make those alien head ones. Those kind of oh jeez, every time there he goes. The, the OG's right go. there. Actually, if you want them for patients, you can go to your local CVS pharmacy and they make molds, and you can just do a regular coconut oil and just put that in there. I mean, or if you wanted to do RSO, if you have the capability, that's going to be a lot stronger. But I mean, that would be something like somebody with prostate cancer. You know what I mean? Or right. somebody with irritable bowel syndrome, or you know, something with a digest digestive issue. It's a more localized, you know, kind of a thing. If you want it in all seriousness, there is. Well, it's interesting in that there's no uh, mental effects that could be beneficial for people. You know what I mean? Well, we now, don't know that. Like I, like I said, I don't know. It's not like I've tried yeah. it. Or I, I've don't never know it. We got to get Red to do it. Where's Red? Red's doing it day. right now. He's That's doing what it is. I'll be right back. Oh, shit. Brief intermission. Right on. Baby, come back. Dying. Today, the bros talked about suppositories. Like Honey Bear Casey said, I'm, 
uh, what timing I have in finally tuning in suppositories. And Jack got an extract craft today. That's nice. Nice, Jack. Hey, did they send you a discount code for the pro? <laughs> He's still Dude, looking at the wink. Poor Red, he shot the discount code for four weeks. Red, well, Red's finger has I'm hovered over the, the vibe. No, I'm, oh, I'm stop pulling it. the trigger tomorrow morning because you I'm keep ready. saying that. Yeah, yeah, I know I have been, but tomorrow I'm actually back pulling three shows. it. He's even showed it. I just haven't had car. time. I, I don't want to mess with it out on the unstable internet and shit. And get boy it. who cried. Big order, man. I'm not trying. Yeah, man. I totally understand, though, man. I've just been love them discount codes. Email him and ask him for one. I've been checking. I did. No, no, no. I finally saw. I, I finally I saw that them. the info is that there's, there's a there's this a code for out. the there's a code for the turbo, not one for the pro. For the uh, shout out, DGC has one for the turbo, but not the pro. Um, I am letting them know that I heard about their product on the Michigan Bros Grow Show. So hopefully, if enough people yeah, let man. them know time, that they heard about stamps, the on our show. Because they, they, they like that's the first page. Like, who did you hear us from? And then it says like, explain who it is. So you know, I think that they're trying to maybe figure out some marketing, something like that. So anyway, YouTube is an option, and then you can put down who you hear it from. So if you do end up purchasing, uh, if you have heard from it from the show, put that on there. Maybe we can uh, get a discount code in the future. But anyways, Red, so you and Joe are running buddies. You guys are both running from the fucking buy buy now button. Yeah, they, they said they said uh like I finally caught the wind. It's gonna be like Black Friday, and I can't wait till Black Friday because I'm gonna try to uh process the crop that's outside. Seven units so, that they have left will go to the highest bidder. Yeah, man. So I'm not gonna wait. So I'm just gonna finally I'm not gonna wait till really? that far along. I mean that's Dan, that's program. your cue. You're gonna get the pro. The pro. That's the one that reclaims. They I both, think they, they both, both reclaim. Do. Do they? It's, it's a, pro's a size got a right? pro's the bigger. The Ito is big. The Ito Pro. That's okay. the biggest one. Um, I actually DM'd them on Instagram and I said that, you know, uh, this is Spartan Growing. I've been, I'm on a panelist weekly on these three shows. I do other shows. I recommend your product to a lot of people and a lot of people get back to me asking for discount codes and I don't have one. Is there any way, do you guys have any discount code I can relate to people? They got back to me really quick on Instagram, which surprised the hell out of me, but they basically said, no, they don't do any discounts. The only discounts they'll do is 10% for, or I think it was 15% for, uh, veterans. Uh, veterans. Yep. And that's on the Ito also. So, which really surprised me because they usually don't discount that. And I know they have a dude grows code that I, at least it used to work on the, the smaller unit, the turbo source turbo. Um, so that's uh, shout out to Jack. You gave me an idea to reach out to him like that, but it didn't, it didn't work. They didn't, but at the same Never time, it's still, indirect, man. it's still a product I recommend, though, because, I mean, I've just had really good luck with it. I used it yesterday. I'm going to probably use it as soon as we get done with the show. I'll probably start it up again. What's the price tag on that? So people listening at home don't it's have a sticker shock? Yeah, it's a huge price tag. I don't know. It's over 1000 I think. I ordered yeah, it. For the, yeah, I waited for my tax returns to come back, and I just blew it on that one time. And how much was the turbo? Five? Dude, I got that super cheap when they launched it. They took a couple hundred bucks off of it. So whatever it is now, oh, nice. I, I got it for super. I think I might have paid three or four hundred dollars for it. I think. And you heard it, about it from DWC or uh, DGC, right? Yeah, it could have been. It was kind of they kind of did the rounds for the grow tube and and uh, 
the 420 resistance show. Remember that tricky D Oh, tricky. Yeah, uh, they went on a couple, I think Pedro's show. They, they were, they kind of did the rounds and it was do grows, I believe. So I, I couldn't tell you where I, I first care. heard it, but yeah. I tell you what, I really love the product that comes off that thing, Spartan. Like a lot. Yeah, me too, man. I just uh, I just took a capsule at ten o'clock. I gotta be careful when I take them because I always overdo it, and I'll be high until like eleven o'clock in the morning the next day. Yeah, that's why. I, with it. That's why I gotta fucking I weigh it, dude. So I don't. I do too. Shit. I just haven't found the right. I haven't found the right time. So you already you have a, like a cutoff, and when you'll take them. And then you have your dosage figured out too. So you're way more advanced than me. I don't have either of those numbers worked out yet. So for me, actually, my dosage reduces as I go past my time. So I took it right. at 10, which my time is at 9. So I reduced my dosage down to like a 0.3. Okay, okay. Pro tip. I like it. I like it. Jack says he's about to take his capsule now. Be crazy, man start taking you know huge doses like that i need uh, to get, get more capsules yeah amazon sells double o capsules for pretty cheap you get like two thousand i yeah. think two thousands that might be the biggest package maybe there's bigger but i, I usually get them in two thousand at a time i bought a thousand it was like eight or nine bucks guys my neck hurts where i got stung by that yellow jacket you're not allowed to complain. I told you the solution. <laughs> Gotta get the driveway weeds. Red, Damn. did you take that suppository yet so we know what's going on with the driveway weeds? Damn it, they it all ties to together. They're not going back to me. They can't fulfill an order of 5,000. So. 5,000 suppositories? Hey, alien alien heads. You want to be thorough. Thorough. Go big or go home. Yeah, our fans want really thorough science. You guys kill me. <laughs> Robert Sunday says he night, got girl. a thousand capsules for thirteen dollars on Amazon. Yeah, it wasn't that much. It looks like yeah, okay, a thousand. Yeah, that's, see, that's a damn good price, and that lasts quite a while. A thousand, well, especially that's... when you're using half of the capsule, yeah. you're not using the whole thing. Yeah, so that's like it's really two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. <laughs> and then if you're doing one a day, that'd be two thousand days. That's well over. What ten years? <laughs> I've been through a lot of those bags, but they're not all for me. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Next time. Next time. I dig it. What are you, a fucking it. Batman villain or something? <laughs> the Riddler, dude. Yeah, man. Aldrich, we call it fecal around here. Call it cannabis oil. I call it FSO. FSO. Full spectrum oil. I like that definition the most. Fits the product the best, I think. Cheers to Stealth Grower 56 in Scotland. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Love it. Cheers, man. I'm, I've got a small percentage of me that's Scottish, so we might be related. Scotch. Oh, we got five minutes left, guys, and that's going to be a wrap for another week for this. What a great night. Fast Sundays roll around.
Yeah, this went fast. We did a lot of good talking about the uh, the amendments, and it looks like I'm, I'm sitting on the bud, man. Sorry, it looks he's, like I'm sitting a, on the floor. He's a foxtail. Loading head. I'm a foxtail. <laughs> Somebody said that, and I got all self conscious. Does that look That's like a it's lady. a foxtail? It's oh, just, just your, the tip just of your a head. Bud. Just your head. I swear. Yeah, maybe maybe it was a foxtail. I don't know. It's a cookies plant, so it could be. Look at he's all having a crisis Fox, over yeah. there. Fuck, now I gotta look tomorrow. No, I think I think it was good. And Jack says uh, it actually feels like he's smoking with us, with y'all. I'm high as fuck, and you're on my TV next to me near life size. <laughs> That's the trick, Jack. You gotta get us on the seventy inch. Life size Red Setter Farm is an experience. Boom. He's really an experience in real life. I do have a foxtail somewhere around here. You can't say that on the internet. Can't say foxtails on the internet? Sorry. There goes monetization. That was what broke the thing. That's what broke the game today, guys. Hilarious. You already said it. What are you talking about? No, uh, YouTube really doesn't monetize any of our videos. So no, no, that's that was the joke. The well, shop, easy swap pots. Yeah, we sponsor. Hey, talk about your little giveaway you guys got going on there. Oh smash yeah, I forgot. So yeah, Smash Cannabis uh, sent me uh, a Rainbird like a uh, hose timer, so like you could turn on uh, a hose and. It would time out. It's a pretty neat little thing for an outdoor grow. And then I donated a 100-watt HLG V2 light. And then he also sent some auto seeds from Chef Anna with the pot. So, yeah. Look on our page. Enter the giveaway. It's going in for eight more days. So, uh, good luck. There's about 140 entrants so far. We got 168 people watching, so... There's a lot of people watching us. I can't believe there's 160 people that want to sit here and watch us. I'm nervous. No, dude, it's part of the Stoner Sunday lineup, man. It starts off with the growing with my fellow growers, and then you come over and chill with us. You get off of here, you wait, and you catch an eagle. You know what I mean? And then sometimes you get some future cannabis jumps off. Stoner Sunday, man. Yeah, the weekend's been pretty nice for that kind of stuff. And then uh, Frugal Force will be coming back with Saturday. Fill that hole. That'd be nice. Remember, if you don't get enough of us now, come back through tomorrow night, and hopefully I can talk Spartan into coming back on the late sesh again with us. Dude, late sesh. Late sesh. What time is that late sesh, guys? That is at 11 p.m. Eastern. Weird. I heard late sesh. You can get discounts on the Easy Swap Pots. EasySwapPots.com. Code MBGS. You guys like those things? They're pretty amazing. Purple Jump Thumb asks if the show's over. Yes, Purple Thumb. We're gonna roll into our final shout-outs here, and then we'll get the heck out of here. And yes, Spartan, I have the genetic input sheet. Um, I was trying to figure out how, quite how to read it, but I will figure it out, and I'll share it with you right after the show. Okay. Thank Man Dan. Where can everyone find you, sir? Hey, hey, hey! You can find me at Instagram at Thank Man Dan. Find me here Sunday nights with these fine fellas. Michigan Bros Grow Show. You can find me Thursday morning, 6 a.m. for Wake and Bake with the Grow Skis. And maybe once in a while we can get some 
cool ass guests on that want to tote down and start their day with them. Yeah, we just got to convince them to get up, man. Yeah, right on. And yeah. everybody seems to be happy once they get started. You know, yeah. even some of the hosts are kind of grumpy prior to the <laughs> sequence. Needs starting. a sufficient amount of soda for that. I have to right, smoke man. like two joints to be. I'm right though. By the time the show's over, I'm ready for the day. As you're right dashing on, out yeah. the door to work, yeah, literally late. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally late. Blame it on that damn fucking gross keys again. Yes, sir. What does the foxtail say? <laughs> Sing it. <laughs> it has to work with that suppository. Ding, ding, Perfect. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, geez, Spartan. Spartan, where can everyone find you? I find me on Instagram or uh, at Sequences House trimming for the rest of the fucking year yeah. <laughs> someone else's trim jail you're welcome anytime skillbo uh real quick i want to give a shout out to spartan and red and tara and high and tight and chris and dro and to wait what we're gonna call them we're gonna call them birdwatcher 420 for real this time there you go uh, okay. last couple of nights we've had some impromptu uh late sessions that we've just got together and talked in a small panel like this and it's really, really been cool. Makes for a great way to close the night down. So until next time, see me uh, on Instagram at Skilbo1 or here, Skilbo17 on YouTube. Thank you, Skilbo. Red. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Red Sutter Farm. You can find my photography, my outdoor, indoor garden out there. Uh, you can find me here on the Michigan Bros Grow Show every Sunday night and on the late sesh on Monday nights. Uh, Happy, happy Mushroom Day, everybody. Enjoy your Rishi, hopefully, uh, within the next hour. And come back uh, tomorrow night because at hashtime midnight is uh, the Equinox. So uh, autumnal Equinox it is, and we're going to celebrate. So cheers, everybody. Rock and roll. That's funny, Red. I ate some Rishi today uh, in my tacos. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I hope everybody has a delightful fungus day. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Fredo, for joining the membership here on YouTube. We appreciate the support. Everybody have a good night. We had 100.